Hello everyone and welcome to the Scouting God Podcast. In this podcast, we're going to try to read all the merit badge books that Scouting has to offer. In this episode, we are going to be reading Personal Management Merit Badge. Now, let's begin. The requirement for this merit badge are as follows. 1. Do the following. A. Choose an item that your family might want to purchase that is considered a major expense. B. Write a plan that tells how your family would save money for the purchase identified in Requirement 1A. 1. Discuss a plan with your merit badge counselor. 2. Discuss a plan with your family. 3. Discuss how other family needs must be considered during this plan. C. Develop a written written shopping spree for the purchase identified in Requirement 1A. 1. Determine the quality of the item or service using customer publications or rating systems. 2. Comparison shop for the item. Find out where you can buy the item for the best price. Provide prices from at least two different resources. Call around. Study aids. Look for a sale or discount coupon. Consider alternatives. Can you buy the item used? Should you wait for a sale? 2. Do the following. A. Prepare a budget reflecting your extended incomes, allowance, gifts, wages, expenses, and savings. Track and record your actual income, expenses, and savings for 13 consecutive weeks. You may use the formats provided in this pamphlet. Devise your own or use a computer-generated version. When complete, present the record showing the results to your merit badge counselor. B. Compare expended income with expected expenses. 1. If expenses exceed income, determine steps to balance your budget. 2. If income exceeds expenses, say how you would use the excess money for new goals or savings. 3. Discuss with your merit badge counselor five of the following concepts. A. The emotions you feel when you receive money. B. Your understanding of how the amount of money you have with you affects your spending habits. C. Your thoughts when you buy something new and your thoughts about the same item three months later. Explain the concepts of buyer's remorse. D. How hunger affects you when you're shopping for food items, snacks, groceries. Your expense of an item you have purchased after seeing or hearing the advertisement for it. Did the item work as well as advertised? F. Your understanding of what happens when you put money into a savings account. G. Charitable giving. Explain its purpose and your thoughts about it. H. What can you do better to manage your money? 4. Explain the following to your marriage badge counselor. The difference between saving and investing. B. The concepts of return on investment and risk. C. The concepts of simple interests and compound interests and how these affect the results of your investment exercise. 5. Select five publicly traded stocks. Explain to your marriage badge counselor the importance of the following information for each stock. A. Current price. B. How much the price changed from the previous day? C. The 52-week high and the 52-week low prices. 6. Pretend you have $1,000 to save, invest, and help prepare yourself for the future. Explain to your merit badge counselor the advantages or disadvantages of saving or investing in each of the following. A. Common stocks. B. Mutual funds. C. Life insurance. D. A certificate of deposit or CD for short. A. A savings account or U.S. saving bonds. 7. Explain to your merit badge counselor the following. A. What a loan is, what interest is, and how the annual percentage rate, or APR for short, measures the true cost of a loan. B. The different ways to borrow money. C. The difference between a charge card, debit card, and credit card. What are the costs and pitfalls of using these financial tools? Explain why it is unwise to make only minimum payments on your credit card.
D. Credit reports and how personal responsibility can affect your credit report. E. Ways to reduce or eliminate debt. 8. Demonstrate to your Marybeth counselor your understanding of time management by doing the following. A. Write a to-do list of tracks or activities, such as homework assignments, chores, and personal projects that might be done in the coming week. List in order of importance to you. B. Make a seven-day calendar or schedule. Put in your set activities such as school classes, sports practices or games, jobs or chores, and or scout places of worships or club meetings. Then plan what you will do with all the tasks from your to-do list between your set activities. C. Follow the one-week schedule you planned. Keep a daily diary or journal during each of the seven days of this week's activities. Writing down when you completed each of the tasks on your to-do list compared to when you scheduled them. E. Review your to-do list, one-week schedule, and diary slash journal to understand when your schedule worked and when it did not. With your Merit Counselor, discuss and understand what you learned from this requirement and what you might do differently the next time. 9. Prepare a written project plan demonstrating the steps below, including the desired outcome. This is a project on paper, not a real-life project. Examples could include planning a camping trip, developing a community service project or a school or religious event, or creating an annual patrol plan with additional activities that is not already scheduled in the troop's annual plan. Discuss your completed project plan with your merit badge counselor. A. Define a project. What is your goal? B. Develop a timeline for your project that shows the steps that you must make from beginning to completion. C. Describe your project. D. Develop a list of resources. Identify how those resources will help you achieve your goal. E. Develop a budget from your project. 10. Do the following. A. Choose a career that you might want to enter after high school or college graduation. B. Research your anticipated career and discuss with your merit badge counselor what you have learned about qualifications such as education, skills, and expenses. Managing yourself, managing your money. As you grow older, you will face an increasing number of decisions that will affect your future. Although you will continue to gain advice and directions from your parents or guardians and teachers, eventually, you must be the one to take responsibility for yourself and your actions. Personal management is about taking control of your life, learning to manage yourself. To understand what personal management is all about, think of all the things your parents do and other adults do for you, as well as what they do for themselves. Do the adults in your life buy and prepare your food, provide a place for you to live, buy your clothes, take your places you want and need to go, and help pay for many of the other things you do, need, and want? What if it was up to you to do all of these things? If it were, would you need to manage your money and time to get things done? Currently, much of your life probably is managed for you by your parents or your guardians, guides you by suggesting what you do and the best way to do it. Your teachers determine what you will learn in school, and if you play a sport, your coaches will instruct you. Providing guidance is their way of teaching you the skills and knowledge that you will need to take care of yourself as you grow older. Managing your life is similar to managing a journey. It is often best to make a roadmap before you begin and to plot a course that will help you avoid and minimize bumps and detours along the way. Earning this personal management merit badge will help you learn to manage critical parts of your life, including your money, your time, and your future. To do this, you will need help to develop self-discipline and perseverance. Mapping a plan for your life will involve setting short-range and long-range goals and investigating different ways to reach your goals. 
education, training, and experience all help you make your goals become a reality. To achieve your goals, you will take the best path and make a commitment to it, while remaining flexible enough to deal with changes and new opportunities. You probably will not be on your own until you move away from the home, but now is a good time as any to begin preparing for that day. Learning to manage your money. No matter how much money you earn, one of the most important things that you will need to learn is how to manage your money. This involves planning for career changes and retirement over your lifetime, considering how finances affect your family and relationships, and making choices about how to earn and how to spend money. It is not as common as it once was for people to work for one employer throughout their careers and then receive a pension from that employer to cover living expenses during retirement. Instead, you likely will work for several employees throughout your lifetime, and your long-term financial security will depend on how well you manage your money during your working years. People today face many choices about how to earn, save, and spend money, because few of us have an unlimited amount of money. Among the keys of wise and effectively managing money is to learn how to do without, at least temporarily, something we want. However, advertising messages urge us to buy products we often do not need. Effectively managing your money will require you to resist these messages. Yet, many of your decisions will involve spending money. Money management skills must be learned, and it is never too soon to start. Poor managing management habits can cause family stress and lead to debt and poor credit history, which can make it difficult to get home loans, car loans, and other financial assistance. Well, you will find that when you want to buy something, you will need to reduce expenses in other areas. For example, to save for a new backpack, you might need to take your lunch to school rather than buying food at the cafeteria, or to do low-cost activities such as renting movies and going for walks and hikes. While completing the personal management merit badge, what you will learn about earning, saving, and investing borrowing and spending money wisely can help you eliminate conflicts and improve your quality of life. You also will learn how to use your time wisely in organizing projects so that they are more manageable. All of these lessons will help you think about your long-term goals and your future and how you can serve you for a lifetime. Being a smarter shopper. Before they buy, smart shoppers will use a variety of resources to help them find out more about the product that they want to purchase. Here are some tips on researching products. Reading advertisements, watching for sales, comparison shopping, and considering alternatives to help you become a smarter shopper. Research the item you want. First, consider the features you will need and want. Next, consider the product's features and if it meets your criteria. Then, you might be able to find a more affordable product that has only the features you need and want. Consider the quality of the product. It might be worth paying more for the quality of the product if it will last longer and perform better. However, a lower-priced product might offer high quality too. This is why it is important to read customer guides and to check customer websites for comments such about the product. If the quality is poor and the product breaks or falls apart in a short time, whatever price you paid will have been way too much. Before you buy the product, talk to the family members, friends, or others who might have used it. Did they like it? Was it worth the price? Try the product, if possible, before buying. Borrow or rent an item from a friend to determine whether you want to own it or ask a salesperson to demonstrate the product. When you are ready to buy a car, for example, test drive it and compare it to other cars.
Look for sales. Wait until the item you want buy to buy goes on sale. If a store is not conducting a sale, the salesperson might tell you if the item will go on sale soon. Sometimes stores will reimburse the difference if the item you bought goes on sale within 30 days after you bought it. Common types of sales include seasonal sales, when stores phase out summer items to stock fall and winter merchandise, and vice versa. Inventory sales, which occur just before stores take inventory or account merchandise. Promotional sales designed to introduce new products or spur buying interests when sales are slow. And seducional sales, which are advertised as going out of business sales or moving sales. Try to shop at the beginning of a sale when a wide selection is still available. And examine sale items before you buy to make sure they are not damaged or flawed. Comparison shop. Call or visit at least three stores to compare prices and gather additional information about the item. Another store catalog or internet retailer might sell the same item for less than another retailer's advertised sale price. Look for discount coupons in newspapers, coupons, books, online, or in the mail. Some items might come with a mail-in rebate that offers money back. If you are buying an item that comes in units, such as ounces or pounds, check the item's cost per unit. The cost per unit figure allows you to compare the real price difference between similar or same items of different quantities. Grocery stores list the cost per unit of an item's price tag. A lower-priced item in a smaller container might actually cost more per unit than a similar item in a larger quantity and a larger container. While shopping, ask about guarantees and service policies. A store might have a great price on a product, but it might not have a service center to support the repair of the product. Advertisements. Advertising informs you of eligible product, their features and benefits, where they can be bought and what at what price, but advertising can be misleading. If a product is supposed to be new and improved, for example, make sure you find out what has been improved. The improvement could be so slight that it might be better to buy the older model at a cheaper price. Also, consider whether the product really delivers the benefit that advertisements claim it does. Just because a great athlete wears a certain brand of shoe does not mean that your athletics will improve if you wear the same brand. Consider alternatives. When you, if you do not have enough money to buy the item or you decide not to spend as much money as the item costs, remember that while you can always buy what you want, remember you do have other choices. Sometimes you must com- compromise. Part of being a good money manager means knowing whether to say no to yourself. Do not be in a, in a big hurry to buy the newest or the latest thing, such as just released video game. The prices of many products will drop after they have been on the market for a while. So, also, as in the case of many customer electronics, the next version probably will be more fine-tuned and might be even less expensive. Consider buying less expensive items that have only the features you need or want. The price probably will be cheaper. If it is an item you can build, maybe you can save money by buying the parts and assembling it yourself. Consider buying used or generic, not a name brand. Items of the quality is similar. Demos, open box items, and or slightly flawed products often are available at lower costs. When you are old enough to drive and start looking for a car, remember that the value of a car will depreciate or drop in value significantly once the car is sold. 
A good used car can be much less expensive. Check classified ads in the newspaper or online listings for used items. Impulse buying. Moods or physical feelings can affect your buying decisions and lead to impulse buying. So, be aware of what might be behind your sudden urge to buy something. For instance, stopping at the mall when you are hungry could lead you to buy several snacks or even larger meals at the food court. The money you spend on snacks could be used to buy an item you really want or need instead. The same rule applies when shopping for groceries. Do not go when you are hungry, or you might buy more food than needed. Likewise, if you are feeling sad or angry, it might seem that buying something that will help you feel better. However, you might spend money that you did not plan to spend. To help yourself feel better, it might be better to go jogging, ride your bike or skateboard, go to the library, and borrow the DVD that you would have bought, or go fishing. The main thing is to plan something that does not require you to spend money. Many people buy items out of envy. In other words, just because your friend bought an expensive bike with the newest components does not mean that you should have one too. Buying items that fit your budget, needs, and timeline do not buy something just because you have the same thing that someone else has. Similarly, do not let your money burn a hole through your pocket. If you have been saving for something for a long time, it might be tempting to spend the money. Be aware of the impulse and stick to your plan. Also, when you are out and about, just because you have money in your pocket does not mean you need to spend it. Use your money wisely. Remember that all kinds of feeling can lead to impulse buying. That might feel good at the moment to make the purchase, but later, you might regret having to spend your money on something you did not or really want, and the delayed or prevented you from reaching a savings goal. Meeting your family financial goal. To fill requirement one, you must choose an item that your family might like to purchase that is considered a major expense. Before you choose the item, discuss with all members of your family your plan to purchase something that benefits the whole family and show how your family can save for the item while still meeting their other family needs. As an example, let's say your family has decided to buy a TV. No matter what your family selects, many of the same shopping techniques used to buy the television will apply to your family's decision. Remember, you and your family should already have determined that your needs have been met. Many factors must be considered before making a big purchase. If your family has decided to buy a TV, for example, you may have to answer questions such as, How large is the room where you will be putting the TV, and what size screen is recommended for a room of that dimension? What manufacturer produces the most reliable TVs? Does the TV require the purchase of any additional special equipment and services in order to function properly or efficiently? To determine the answers, read articles about televisions and magazines, consumer guides, and on the internet. Talk to the salespeople in customer electronic stores and see if you can also talk to technicians who work on TVs. Do not only rely on one source of information, and remember that salespeople might highlight slow-selling or featured items rather than best products for your family. Always read the warranty and or guarantee. For instance, check how long the manufacturer guarantees components. Learn what customers may do to make sure that the warranty and or guarantee stays valid. While shopping for a TV, you might consider adding a sound system. Will your family be content with the output from the televisions and speakers? What is your family wants to invest in a surround sound system, which can be quite expensive? 
The surround sound system could include a receiver to connect the TV and speakers, and up to six or seven speakers. Each of these items also should be researched. While you, while you research, make sure to check out the prices. Look at ads and compare prices at different stores. Visit, call, or browse the store's websites, with your parents' permission, of course, if it has one. If your family makes its purchase from a catalog or via the internet, consider other factors. Remember to include any shopping charges in the overall cost of the purchase, and arrangements will be needed to properly install the equipment. Should there be any problems with this product or setup, the customer service may be more indirect than if you had purchased the item locally. As you can see, making a well-informed decision on a major purchase takes a lot of planning. Expensive items require a small amount of planning too. Careful planning makes buying decisions easier and ensures that you will be happy with your purchase. Preparing a personal budget. The purpose of managing your money is to improve your ability to meet obligations and reach your financial goals. One of the best ways to learn how you spend your money and earn over a period of time is to keep a budget or a written account of your expected and actual income and expenses. A budget organizes your finances to show how much income you plan to receive and how much you actually receive, how you plan to spend it, and how you actually spend it. By doing this, you will see where the money you earn goes and how much, if any, remains after your expenses. Sometimes the budget will reveal that little expenses, such as buying a soft drink each day after school, actually makes a big chunk of your income. Set up a budget worksheet to record all of your expenses and incomes for 13 consecutive weeks. The worksheet should include fixed expenses and flexible expenses. Find expenses and an auto loan, insurance premiums, and utilities. Currently, your fixed expenses might include scouting expenses, flexible expenses such as change each month. These include food, gifts, entertainment, clothing, donations to your place of worship, and personal care expenses. One of the more important fixed expenses should be a payment to yourself for savings and or investments. Of course, if you have money in savings, you can quote-unquote borrow from yourself, but make sure it is a priority to repay your money taken from your savings. Make this your first payment and treat it as a regular monthly expense. This is a better method than trying to save from money left over after expenses. When you can start a career, often make this payment can be automatically deducted from your paychecks and deposited in a saving or investment account. It is practical to set up categories in your budget that allow you to combine several expenses. For example, entertainment could include movies, video games, mobile phone, and concert tickets. If, however, that is, those expenses is a subcategory are large, you might add a separate category for one of those items, video games, for example. It is important to show where all of your money goes. This will give a better idea of where you spend your money and where you can reduce spending if necessary. A budget that shows your basic living expenses could look something like this. To determine how much to allocate for spending in each category, calculate your monthly income. Pay yourself first and deduct fixed expenses. Then determine your flexible or dedicatory expenses. Good recording keeps it necessary to help you maintain a budget. Set aside time each week to work on your budget and try to make this budget simple to keep it manageable. Keep receipts when possible. Record in a notebook, budget workbook, or on your computer the date and any income you received and all expenses you paid. Include everything, even postage stamps you used. At the end of each week, put the income and expenses under the correct categories in your budget. At the end of each month, balance all income and expenses.
as you will discover, budgets often need adjusting. Maybe you do not just have enough income to cover your expenses. In that case, you must consider changes to your budget, including ways to earn more money. You might have to reduce or eliminate other expenses for a while, such as movies or video games. If you spend more in one category than you budgeted, you might be able to adjust by spending less in another category. For example, if you spend more time on entertainment than in the amount you budgeted, try spending less on snacks or eating out. How to save money. To save money, you must first earn and receive income. Then, you can set a savings goal, such as a new bike or a computer, college tuition, or a birthday present for a friend or family member, and determine how much you need to set aside daily or weekly to reach that goal. You might wonder what income services have uh, are available. The following are some income sources you might be able to include in your budget. Perhaps you receive a weekly or monthly allowance in return for doing chores around the house. Ask if you can increase your allowance by doing extra chores. Perhaps you could work part-time at a grocery store, fast food restaurant, or movie theater or golf course. You could start a business mowing lawns, caring for your neighbor's pets, repairing bikes, running errands for elderly neighbors, or providing computer instructions. You probably can sell items you no longer use with your parents' permission that are still in good shape, such as an old bike, old computer games, old music CDs, collector cards, or athletes' equipment. Save gifts of money that you receive for birthdays, Christmas, bar mitzvah, or other special occasions. If you have a job or receive an allowance, you probably can predict what your income will be while you save for your goal. It might be more difficult to estimate your expenses, however, because your budget clearly shows the choices you make to reach your financial goals. It can help you plan how to spend your money wisely. Any money left over at the end of a month can be added to savings or kept to spend the next month. To increase the amount you save, think of expenses you can give up and other cost-saving measures. Another option is to change your goal. Perhaps you need more time to research your goal to find less expensive options. For example, if you were saving for a new bike, maybe you could save for a less expensive one. Using bank accounts. Bank accounts keeps money safe while also giving people easy access to their money. While banks offer different kinds of accounts, such as checking, savings, and loan accounts, most people often open a savings account in which to store money for financial goals or an emergency. Keeping money in a savings account is wiser than keeping cash in a drawer at home. First, the federal government ensures the money kept in the bank accounts against loss or theft. A fire or other natural disaster could destroy your money if it is kept at home. Second, savings accounts earn interests. The bank pays interest on the money in your savings account because, in actuality, when you put money into a savings account, you are loaning the money to the bank, so it gives loans to the other customers. Through the interest rate, usually is low, it is more than your money will earn at home. As you begin to earn money and paying bills or dues, you probably will want to open a checking account too. With the checking account, you can write checks or use a debit card to make purchases using the money in the account. Checks and debit cards are conveyed ways to pay bills and make purchases. They can also be safer than carrying around a large amount of cash, which could be lost or stolen. After opening up a checking account, you must keep good records so that you always know how much money is in your account or your balance and can avoid writing a check to pay for something when you do not have enough money in your account to cover the cost. If you will overdraw your account, the bank and the company to which you wrote the check can charge penalties to your account, called overdraft fees. Remember, just because you have checks remaining does not mean you have money in your account. 
Keep track of what's in your account by checking the balance, either online or directly with the bank, and know what checks you wrote that you have not been cashed. Banks typically offer different types of checking accounts. Some banks pay interest on checking accounts, much like a savings account. Generally, through banks, charge a fee for the checking services to cover the cost of processing the checks. Fees can be based on how much money you keep in your account and how many checks you write. Shop around because checking accounts features and fees vary widely. Electronic banking involves accessing your bank accounts by debit card, phone, and computer. Because no paper or people are involved in transferring the money, electronic banking is convenient. Of course, this convenience also makes it more tempting to impulsively spend money. You will need to devise a way to track your deposits and withdrawals in order to monitor your account balance and stick to your budget. Thank you for listening to part one of Personal Management Merit Badge Book Reading.